Game time. You're listening to the House League Heroes podcast with your hosts, Riley Barton and Tanner Chuby. Follow the guys on Instagram at underscore Riley Barton underscore and Tanner C-H-U-B-E-Y. Okay, welcome back. Episode number 10 this time. I remembered it's big number 10, right? And Did uh, you have to look that up? No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, and, uh, I didn't even we remember have, uh, that. I couldn't even remember double digits, man. <laughs> we have a Stanley Cup champion now, again. I don't know what was more predictable, the Tampa Bay Lightning winning that series against the Montreal Canadiens or the fact that every single news outlet, reporter, tweet, news article was going to be titled Lightning Strikes Twice because I've seen it <laughs> absolutely everywhere. Uh, yeah, that was pretty predictable. Yeah. The the title, well, both, I'd say, were, were pretty predictable. Look, the, yeah, congrats to the Tampa Bay Lightning. We're recording this on Thursday. We usually record Sunday, but I am gone to yes. uh, the middle of nowhere. So Don't you already live in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> Saskatchewan gets a bad rep. Just because you have more people in your city than our entire province doesn't mean you're better. Okay. Yeah, no, I... I don't think anyone's surprised. I, I know I didn't pick the Lightning to win at the start of the year uh, or even the start of this postseason, but I don't even think I picked them in the conference finals. I think <laughs> I said the Isles in seven, but it's still not surprising that they were able to do this off. And I, what a it's, it's a hell of an accomplishment, man. A, a back-to-back is not easy in the salary cap world, no matter how many people want to complain about being over the cap. Like the, the Pens did it. They won the hardest cup last year with the COVID, the COVID cup, right, in the bubble. Yeah. That wasn't easy. And then this year, again, a shortened season, condensed season. Uh, what a team, man. That just all throughout. And you saw John Cooper on that interview on the ice. He kind of had some tears in his eyes, fighting back tears. He knows this group's not coming back. It was like a last dance type of feeling. Um, what, what, a, what a team. Yeah, that's basically all you can say. The team, it's an incredible team. It's one of the best we've seen in years. And I'm happy we got to see it. It it's it's cool to see a a, a repeat. I especially yeah. in hockey, right? I mean, it was the Pens I which was cool to see as well, but like even before that, when was the last time you saw a team win back to back? I can't think Wasn't of it, it like off the top of my head. The 80s or 90s? It, I think it might have been the 90s uh, Penguins. It might have been the Penguins maybe too <laughs> but yeah. again. But just everything about that team. Patty Maroon <sighs> with his third cup in a row. The big rig. Um, Riley right now is pounding back a Bud Light, and we'll <laughs> talk about another guy who probably had quite a few last night at the press conference. <laughs> I'd want to get that clip, play the clip in this video too. I, I don't know what you'd think about that but yeah, yeah pat maroon do you think he comes back to tampa does he chase number four or do he, does he go somewhere else or do you think he maybe tries and secures the bag now like he won three in a row like i i saw a picture somewhere i don't think any player has done that since like the 80s really? has one that would with be two surprising. different teams anyways like three in a row with two different teams i, I don't think any player's done it yeah that wouldn't be since surprising at all i don't know what he does i think he thinks about that next at like the start of next season after he's done partying again Man, like imagine that, you that... have three full summers of celebrating the stanley <laughs> cup three years in a row he's been celebrating for three years in a row right now he's just on a three-year bender yeah <laughs> it's just what a life like what could you ask for more championships and then just boat parades and yeah in life like beautiful. oh man 
I'm sure we'll see some good clips coming out of him <laughs> in in the coming weeks. It's funny that Pat Maroon's the first guy we bring up. <laughs> I know all the like you just players have to. they have. <laughs> you have uh, he's he's awesome. He's the best. I I don't know if you saw those clips of him chirping Anderson throughout the series. Like, like, cause they, they were chirping going back and forth Maroon saying like, I have as many points as you or whatever. Like I'm keeping up with you in scoring. And then Anderson scores. Yeah. And then Maroon scores right at, Oh, it was fantastic. Like, um, the con Smythe goes to Andre Vasilevsky. And I don't think that should surprise anyone. No, because... he's just, he's just the best man. Oh the, my God. Listen, I, I screenshotted like five, tweets because these are ridiculous okay so andre vasilevsky posts his fifth consecutive shutout in series clinching games to earn tampa a back-to-back stanley cup two series in a row they were one nothing games there was one nothing in game seven versus the islanders one nothing in game five of the stanley cup finals the guy is a monster following a loss in the 2021 postseason or since the 2020 postseason he is 14 and 0 with a 1.2 goals against average, a save percentage of 9.52, he is stopping over 95% of the shots he's faced after a loss, and five shutouts. That's disgusting. He is the sixth goalie to win the Conn Smythe Trophy in the past 20 years, and the first goalie to record back-to-back series clinching shutouts since Bernie Parent Parent in 1974-75. There was the stupid conversation of if price was still the best goalie in the world before this series it's not even close guys it's really not he is by far beyond better than any other netminder on the planet he's dominant and i saw a comment the other day i don't know what platform i was on but someone was talking about how vasileski isn't that good up top like up high and i was like what games have you been watching like i some I th- people are just delusional man uh, well and i think i did see somewhere on one of the broadcasts they showed where like a lot of the goals have gone in and they they the majority of them have been high yeah high on him but the that, thing is it, <laughs> he hasn't let in many yeah, <laughs> in general <laughs> exactly if you're it, what are you gonna take if you're completely shut down butterfly but you let in a couple up top anyone's gonna take that exactly yeah and listen some you gotta remember like Vasilevsky's a goalie. There are very good players in the NHL that can shoot. You, if any NHL player, if they get enough time to shoot and pick their spot, there's a good chance it goes in. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, the the argument that bugs me is the one like, well, look at the team in front of him. He still has to make the saves. Yeah, we guys. talked about this earlier <laughs> in the podcast. I I don't know what episode it was. Like maybe maybe even one or it two. Was, yeah, it was one of our first ever talking about how it's not just the team in front of him he's shut down how many saves did he have a couple nights ago or for the shutout at this uh series 42 or something 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 like that i know it wasn't many in game five but no, no. still but he had like 42 saves that's yes you have a team in front of you that can score but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you're just sitting there doing nothing like this guy's been incredibly locked down for them and that's the reason why they score yeah and there are times Tampa gets hemmed in their zone. You even in this Montreal series, there were times Montreal game, was buzzing. In that second period, yeah. Montreal was all over them. Yeah, or even that that last minute where Montreal was pressing to to save their season in the last minute. Like there were some, he had to fight through some screens and <laughs> make some big stops. Like he is, it's just 
oh, the argument of him that he's not the best just drives me nuts because it's there. And it's not even just you can look at, you know, I'm not the biggest stats guy, right? I'm a big eye test guy. I like watching the games and seeing truly how a player plays. His stats are undeniable. And the biggest thing is he comes through in the big games. Like, he's just so calm and poised. Yeah, consistently. I don't think that guy has any nerves in his body. No. He is also... Uh, they showed in, like, the promo packages with him. He has got one of the scariest, like, wide-eyes stares ever. Yeah, he's if you're on just a, a robot, man. Like, you, if you're on a breakaway and that guy's staring you dead in the eyes, I, I don't know how you just don't whip <laughs> yeah, on you the just, shot. Yeah, you just miss the net. So, <laughs> I'd be terrified. Um... So the con smythe voting right it's it's voted on by i think i believe the writers um a lot of other people had kucherov or point in in their ballots at second and third what did what did you think um if any because they both deserved it they were also mm-hmm. very good for the lightning but i i do believe it still was vasilevsky i think it could have easily like i wouldn't have been mad if it had went to anyone um I just think it, it put him ahead because he won them. Like, he specifically won them some games, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, that that takes precedent. And his performance in serious clinching games is just... that's You need that from your goalie. And if he's going to... You can't ask for anything more. So you kind of have to give it to him. But yeah. Point, I think, could have got it as well. And Kucherov stepped in like he hadn't been injured all year. So any three, I just think Vasi definitely deserved it. How cool is it that Ross Colton has the Stanley Cup winning goal as a rookie. I know. I, I said when he scored, I was like, that, or right before he scored, I said, That's, this uh, Ross Colton kid has actually been pretty good for them. And then he scored. And I was like, mm-hmm. nice, see? And then game, <laughs> game. That's, game. That's nuts. Listen, everyone talks about the Stamkoses and Hedmans of, of Tampa. And of course they were great. But that I was watching that Matthew Joseph in game five. That kid has got wheels, dude. Yeah, he he's going to be so he's, good. Uh, he's a little inconsistent now, and you can tell he still does need some development, but he can go <laughs> when he wants to, and when he's feeling it, he's a strong player. The tough thing that teams have in the NHL, and any sports league for that matter, right, especially with a salary cap, is staying competitive for a long time, right? Because the Lightning this year, I brought it up with Cooper saying this team's not coming back. They're not. The, the cap is catching up to them. It yeah. finally has. They're going to lose some players. You need those young, cheap guys like a Matthew Joseph who you can tell is just going to explode. He's probably, if they put him on a top six line with like point or stammer. Yeah, he would be feeding those guys. Yep, it's it's great. How about, I, I was listening to a podcast today. What are, they were talking about the potential of a Steven Stamkos trade. Of moving on from him, saying like, almost talking as if he's overrated i i want to see what you think because i'm a big stammer guy okay overrated no i don't think so at all i don't think he's gotten talking forever right like people know who he is and they talk about him when he's struggling with injury but Mm -hmm. it's not like they're absolutely pumping his tires every time he scores a goal so i i would go against that but i'm also a huge stamkos guy him and his prime i think is something that is still underrated i that guy's wrist shot is one of the best in the league and it's just not talked about he would still be in his prime had he not just had the worst luck with staying healthy yeah big time he he is a absolutely fantastic player i think credit too should be given to to lightning management john cooper uh back-to-back coach he's probably going to coach team canada the olympics he should anyways i I think think that's fair earned that (laughs) yeah i don't know back-to-back just seems (laughs) like the good thing to do yeah (laughs) um 
And I think big credit to Julian Brisebois because he made the NHL look like absolute chumps with the salary cap. Like the the Tampa Bay Lightning traded for Marion Gaverick had no intentions of playing him. No intentions at all. Just put him on long-term injury reserve to get some more salary cap relief. Like, just what a wizard, man. How that guy didn't even get a nomination for GM of the Year is absolutely crazy. Yeah, and then people Um, are already like, what are they going to do about their cap issues now? They don't care. They don't. No. They just won back-to-back. They don't care for another 10 years. They don't care. No, exactly. They've... Like, look at Penn's fans. They're still riding off of the the 16, 17 Cups yeah. and 2009. And go for it, right? Like, if, if the yeah. Canucks ever won a Cup in my lifetime, I don't care how bad they are for the rest of my life. Like, I actually don't care. Well, I, I want to get into the Canucks later. There is something I want to bring up with them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, we should talk about Montreal a bit. Yeah, we should. And Montreal fans are pretty upset rightfully which rightfully it, it's a tough loss i mean watching weber on the ice near one of the gorillas and monsters of the nhl almost in tears was moving carry Pry- and when the press conference where yeah. price put the blame on him which by the way i know i understand why weber cut in and said like no you were great you got us here price was not good enough in this series those want to make the argument you're rough for him you want to make the argument you're the best goalie in the world man you were not even close to good enough right is crack and open another one i gotta i should start catching up here i got nothing around me though <laughs> but um, yeah no i i do feel bad for weber and price um big time because i think price deserves it because he was the best at a certain point in his career mm-hmm. and weber's just you know a, a very well respected player in the nhl but a lot of those young guys, I think it's a great way to start their careers so early. Like mm-hmm. Suzuki, uh, Kadianami, Romanov, and uh, Caulfield, right? They, Those guys got some real experience now and are going to be huge pieces for the rest of their career now. So Tampa Bay wins one nothing in Game 5, right? Montreal gets no goals. Mm-hmm. Tom Ducharme, Galaxy Brain, keeping Yasperi Kadianami out of the lineup, who this postseason for the Montreal Canadiens was their lead goal scorer, even strength. Yeah. Montreal, I don't care that you guys were within three wins of a cup. If Dom Ducharme is back behind the bench, this is not a good thing. Like no. this, that like, I think this is why the cup run might be bad is because if Dom Ducharme comes back, he's made some questionable calls. Like you could have just taken out Eric Stahl and you probably would have gotten bet the same, if not better results. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, know I don't love Cotton Yanemi, but he played great in the playoffs. So, oh, I, he was great. And you and you have to ride people like that in the in the playoffs. When they're hot in the playoffs, it's a different thing. And those are the guys you need in all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, and like Cotton Yanemi too. A lot of like Habs fans, he was struggling to to score this series in particular. Yeah. And this is why this is why Habs fans shouldn't worry too too much about about losing this i know they're going back to the atlantic in a in a very tough division next year but you have to think tampa might not be as good they'll probably still be the top but they're not going to be as dominant as this year i don't see the bruins being like this juggernaut that everyone still thinks they are but they just you got the, always are <laughs> that's they the are uh, yeah yeah that's true um you have the leafs who you can never rely on them to ever be good so don't yeah. worry about them 
just got to be better than the Leafs. Florida, if they can get a goalie. Uh, I don't worry about this team. Like, look how good Suzuki and Cockney. I mean, they're both under 23 years old, and they were one of the biggest pieces for this run this year. Yeah, and I think it was also a great sample size from Caulfield. Um, yeah. Like, it, it was just, like, the perfect amount for everyone. It, it, he reminded me a lot of Makar when he, he joined mm-hmm. in the playoffs there. They they just ha- were electric, and Makar hasn't stopped playing that well, and I don't think Caulfield will either. Caulfield's going to win a uh, Richard Trophy. I, I, think I would he not takes, be surprised. He takes Calder next year for sure. I think so, yeah. And, How uh, do you feel about that? Because, like, I know we split the playoffs and regular season – should he, I almost find this more annoying than when like a 24 year old from the KHL is up is eligible for the Calder. It's like you've been in the NHL, you've played. Yeah, I think maybe if you if they announce the Calder after the playoffs, yeah, then I think that would be fine to have that included to mm-hmm. be your rookie year because I think that does make sense. But besides that, it's kind of tough if they're going to announce it in whatever round of the playoffs and he has yeah. no shot. It's it's kind of tough. You know, not a lot of guys break out. They'll have them there, but they don't get their shot until their actual rookie season. So I don't know. It's kind of weird, but... Yeah, I, I'm i excited for Caulfield, though, man. I, You know my dislike for the Montreal Canadiens. I was very happy when I saw Tampa Bay <laughs> when, the, when the clock counted down. Um, I can't deny how good of a run it was for the Habs, but man, I cannot wait to watch Caulfield just grow. He's going to be so sick, man. I'm (laughs) I'm very excited. Montreal fans are also, if the cup lost in Sting enough, Nikita Kucherov in his press conference made, made some pretty interesting comments toward his fans. We'll play the clip right now. I didn't want to go back to Montreal, but they acted, the fans in Montreal, come on. They acted like they won the Stanley Cup last game. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? John Romano, they're, Tampa they're, Bay Times. Their final was last last series. Okay. Riley, I, I, I know my feeling towards it, but Kucherov did not hold back at no. all. Buddy had a few, um, few beers in him, I think. Yeah. Plus whatever else. And he's probably going to get in trouble for that. Uh, I would assume, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it, can you really blame someone? They really let it out once they win, because you got to keep it bottled up all year. You can't say stuff like that, and then you have a few beers, and they make you want to do like you have to do a press conference. It, it just kind of comes out, right? And it's what a lot of people are thinking, right? You just don't say it, but you know. Am Am I gonna get some some flack for saying I agree with him with with what he said? Look, they were. You won a game. I get it. You're happy. You're still in the series, um, which means you still have a chance. But they were l- launching fireworks and firecrackers after a game they won that only meant they had to win three in a row now. Yeah, I don't know. It's You, you got to realize like where Montreal is at, though, right? When was the last time they were here and last time even a Canadian team was here? They're going to sell it like that no matter what. I, like. I think it's just it was going to happen no matter where they but, won. But then if you're going to sell it like that, you can not get mad at this player for calling you out for no. it. No. Especially I mean, it after goes, you just won. It goes both ways, yeah. Um, Like, the guy just is one of the best wingers in the league, just won back-to-back cups. He was dynamite these playoffs. He was a little intoxicated as well. He, he was having fun. Yeah. Like, And I think 
I think we need more of this. I want. Yeah, well, that's I, that's my biggest thing is people complain about personality and they see this. They're like, well, you shouldn't be saying that. Well, yeah. what do you want? Really? You want to write a script for them? Yeah, you can't have this both ways. Like you, yeah, I've made this clear on this podcast before. I want hate in sports. I want it back. I want teams not to like each other. That's why the Battle of Alberta is so fun to watch because it's not even that like the fights, like the fights I can care less about. They're just two teams that want to genuinely beat the other team at hockey. Yeah, it's saving, it's saving a lot of the viewership of hockey right now is yeah. that battle, and I hope it, it keeps up over the, the years. Well, it would have been nice if Calgary didn't collapse and die this year. Like, yeah, they really just fell to the ground and whisked away. So, Especially after the promising offseason. We're getting off talk about like, the promising yeah. offseason they had, man. Markstrom and Tanev coming in. Like, what do you... Come on, Calgary. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I like the comments from Kucherov. I thought they were quite funny. Uh, <laughs> you know, he start, he's chugging at the start of the press conference. He's smacking the table like, let's go. Let's do these questions. And maybe and maybe even a part of it, too, could have just been like, he seemed pretty confident when he said it, so maybe I'm just kind of playing a little bit of devil's advocate here. But he, he you can tell his English isn't the greatest from the clip right? yeah that's Could a lot that's a lot of things i notice this happens with line a specifically a lot is he's not very mm -hmm. good at english and writers take it and run with some of the things he says because it's broken english and it's not it doesn't come off how he wants it to yeah and that's hard for european players right and i think they catch a little too much flack for it yeah because it's hard can you imagine us trying to speak finnish we look like completely <laughs> Yeah, if we just, if I just walked in to Finland and tried to start speaking after being there for like a year, it's not, not gonna a, work yeah, too well. Not a chance. So going forward, Montreal has an interesting offseason coming ahead. Philip Deneau, I think this playoffs, he wasn't the biggest point getter, right? But he has proven he is one of the best lockdown centers in the league. I don't yeah. think that's a a hot take. So he's earned himself some money. You have uh, some RFA's coming up too in Cockneyemi, Lekkinen, Corey Perry's up, Joel Armia is up. Eric Stahl is up. I don't think you bring Eric Stahl back, guys. I don't I don't think that experiment worked out too well. This one, and for a team that needed scoring in this final, like the Montreal Canadiens, I forgot Thomas Tatar was even on this team. Yeah. I can't believe they didn't even bother giving him a look. Like, how in the doghouse is this guy with the Habs? I don't know. That's tough because I love Tatar. And it just, yeah. He was like I just I completely forgot he was here this year. I thought he had been traded or yeah. something. Like I didn't even remember he was there until they showed him in the press box. I think it was game four. And I yeah. you know, that could have been a guy that provided a spark because he was one of the Habs best forwards last year. Yeah. If not the best. I yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just I don't know. That this is why I don't think Dom Ducharme should be coming back. Honestly, if the Habs are going to hire within anyone, Luke Richardson, in the two games that he had to coach, I thought he did Great. an exceptional job. Yeah. The team looked phenomenal. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad move. Those are some of the most complete games Montreal have played that postseason. Um, and then John Merrill, which I don't know if you bring back, and Eric Gustafson, who don't bother bringing him back, Montreal, coming from a Blackhawks fan, it's not worth it. Lightning, same thing. They have a lot of notable guys coming up here as I try and find the list in my phone which it seems to be escaping me right now so we're just gonna read this stat here um the shortest stanley cup drought now goes at nine months to the tampa bay lightning because uh they won it in september last year due to the the covid yeah. bubble 
and the longest Stanley Cup drought, another record in the same week the Toronto Maple Leafs had 54 years. Yeah, that's a, a slight difference, hey? A little bit. <laughs> At least one blue and white team's doing good. <laughs> <laughs> one one of them is uh, is going the distance. So when I mentioned the Canucks earlier, there's rumblings going around. Hey, is there anything else you want to add on the final? I just I think in terms of like the play in the series, Ta- Tampa was the better team. Yeah, uh, no, congrats, Tampa. Sorry, Habs fans. Um, good luck next year. Let's see a three-peat Tampa. Let's do it. Let's see it happen. Um, Nate Schmidt has been rumored to to be on the trading block. Now, I believe he is. It sounds like he he could have potentially suggested it, and it, it sounds like they're trying to free up some money, which they should be because they have some two big RFAs assigned in Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes. So the reason I brought these two up because I have a list of RFAs here coming up this year. And I'm sensing an offer sheet. And I, I don't know if it's just the Habs. We've seen Bergevin try it a few years ago with Ajo, mm-hmm. uh, Sebastian Ajo, that is, in Carolina. But I think any GM this year, if they're going to try an offer sheet, it's this year. And the reason I say Hughes and Peterson is because Benning has no money. <laughs> nope. He has no money to work Nada. with. And now the thing with Hughes and Petey, it sounds like they enjoy Vancouver, right? It seems like they somewhat get along with the team they seem like a dysfunctional group at points this season i don't know it just seemed like they never clicked but it seems like hughes and pd like each other from what you hear from what i i understand actually like watching the team and behind the scenes stuff pd and besser are pretty close i know pd was in minnesota not long ago with besser's family and stuff um Mm -hmm. and then hughes just kind of tags along with them and if anything, I would see Hughes going. I really don't think there's a chance we let PD go, but I it's kind of up in the air with Hughes, especially after last season. Well, the reason these two are the most likely, right, because a team with the money, uh, because these guys are going to be making less. For one, they both, PD was injured, right? So we lost some money there. We talked about this. Hughes was not good at all this season. Nope. Uh, what do they call that? A sophomore? Sophomore, sophomore year? Sophomore Sophomore, sophomore slump. slump. So they have lost some money, plus the pandemic, right? You kind of have to adjust what you're asking for with the cap not going up. I think if there's a team with cap space, right, you look at those two, like look at a PD and say, hey, we know you're going to be worth like $9.5 million. Yeah. Uh, Vancouver's not going to give it to you, so here, we'll give it to you. We'll give you a three-year deal. By that point, the cap should start going up, and then we can work on another deal from there. Riley looks concerned. My, my biggest concern right now <laughs> is <laughs> well, I'm seeing rumblings that Schmitz, we're obviously going to trade him. That's like kind of the talk right now. But in like a deal for Oliver Ekman Larson. Yeah. Again, because we offered, we tried to get him last year. And now we want to do it again. Jim Benning isn't even waiting for free agency to hit and he's about to f*** this up. <laughs> I know. It's I, it's so concerning. And I just don't know. He's always talking to the media like how it's hard to like, you know, have people on him, especially like with his family and stuff like that, getting yelled at. But then you do this. Don't Coming talk after to his family. family. Don't talk to people's yeah. family ever. No. <laughs> come on. That was like, what was that thing on like Shandro? Didn't people come after like his kids while he was out and about or mm-hmm. something? 
Tyler no, Shandrick. Yeah, they just like insulted him and then ringed his kids into it. Like that's not cool. Yeah, like come on. But hey, go for banning all you want. Yeah, like, at but least then he's surprised that he's getting Kate. It's like, nope. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta think a little bit here, man. Why don't you guys like me? We have Jay Beagle on our fourth line for three and a half million dollars, guys. Okay, I love Jay Beagle. <laughs> I like Jay Beagle too, but not at three and a half million bucks. What about like ben... five years ago? No. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's like the thing I love about Beagle, man. When they when he left Washington, I was like, they're losing a huge faceoff guy here. He's he's great at faceoffs. I like he's a reliable center, but I just at that much money. Yeah. And you know what? It wouldn't be bad if that was the only bad contract you have. <laughs> but you have Antoine Roussel. He almost makes three and a half or something, too. Yeah. Louis Erickson, who... Do you buy him out this offseason? Because... Yeah, I, I assume uh, so. Tyler Myers, who we've talked about before, had was probably one of the better defensemen on Vancouver this year, but he is not worth $6 million. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, it's this is the problem. He just... He has no hits. Right? It's he's, like he, he goes, he strikes likes, out every year. He likes older guys and he just likes to give them money because he's buddy buddy with them or something. I don't understand. And the owners sign off. I can't remember who the, the name of the Canucks owners, but they're just like, yep, here, give money to these players when it could go to, I don't know, a guy who brings us so much money like Besser or Pedersen or Hughes. Yeah, the three, the trio that's literally like carrying this franchise right now. Yeah, we'll worry about that when it comes. Yeah. If we have the money left, don't. We'll sign Pat Maroon this year. He's got pedigrees, a three cup champion. Yeah. <laughs> then, um, then we win again, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, you'll sign him for like five million dollars for the next five years. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna. I remember that one year he had in Edmonton, and he was like nuts. Like he was a good player. Yeah, like he was a point producer too. Pat Maroon, what a guy! Just the Stuck. just the best. Absolutely. Um, Another RFA I think that teams should really look at offer sheeting is Patrick Line. Yes. Now, granted, awful year. He's lost so much money in the last two seasons for himself. But if you're the Blue Jackets, too, you're going through a rebuild. No matter what Line says, I don't think he wants to be there. Um, you're going to lose Jones. Go all in it, man. If a team offer sheets him like seven and a half or eight and – you get like two first round picks or like two and a first take it yeah they just need to play their cards right and i i feel like they're not going to i'm gonna read the other rfas on this list and then we'll move on um if you think any of them are getting offer sheets so kale mccarr no miro haskin that one could be a possibility actually because he's been kind of quiet he had a quiet year i don't know what dallas's cap is like i, I, actually, I just don't think they'd allow that probably not but um krill kaprizov i <laughs> mini <laughs> I don't, whatever that guy wants basically is what it sounds like yep um you see he's kind of the, like the opposite right he wants you see a lot of players they want long term with a good cap hit he just wants a huge cap hit with like short term he doesn't want to sign long which yeah he wants weird to for... he wants to explore his options for sure um brady kachuk no no way yeah, uh, Igor Shesterkin. Probably not. Andrei Svechnikov. Ah! Um, <laughs> that one's kind of iffy, actually. They were. That was like the last att- team that got attempted an offer sheet on uh, was Bergevin when he offered Aho. Yeah. And they found they matched it eventually, but 
Don Waddell, but and the last one, Pavel Buchnevich in on the He actually Rangers. had a pretty underrated year. He played well mm-hmm. this year, so I don't know if anyone that would is... offer sheet it, but actually that one would probably be more probable. I think because your cap hit wouldn't be as high, right? Yeah. So you're not giving up like three first round picks because mm-hmm. I don't think Buchnevich is going to go in asking for $8 million. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Minimum. Because he's m- so, a more underrated player on that team. So, Yeah, I think that's probably the most likely. That list of free agents, and that includes Petey, Hughes, and Line, who we talked about earlier. That's a heck of a list for some RFAs coming up this yeah, year. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. <laughs> Did you see that's um, big. Tarasenko officially requesting a trade? That's what I was about to to move on to. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I've never thought Tarasenko was that good. Like, he's a he's a 30-goal scorer. He's a solid winger. But mm-hmm. everyone's talked about him as this elite sniper, and I've just I've never seen it. I think he's just fallen off a bit, right? And I think there's been circumstances that have made him not perform as well as he has, or as he can. Kind of like, he kind of reminds me of Taylor Hall in that way how Hall kind of just had circumstances that made him go under the radar a bit. So I'm kind of excited to see him go somewhere else. I think he, his time is definitely up on the blues. He's been hurt a lot too. Like, yes. hasn't he had shoulder surgery like twice? I th- isn't the... that why he requested the trade? Cause he wasn't happy I... with how they handled, handled his surgeries. I think, I think I read that somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, it'll be neat though. Like th- this off season has the potential for a Fun. lot of change. Yeah. A lot of change around the NHL. Like, Eichel leading the way. You got Tarasenko, who... Like, when you think of the St. Louis Blues, and maybe this shows how wrong I am, maybe, but when you think of the St. Louis Blues, you think of Vladimir Tarasenko. Just yeah. Maybe it's because he's been there forever, but he's... You think of him. Yeah, it's it's Tarasenko, Bennington, and O'Reilly. Like, the, that's those are the three guys. Yeah, those are your three go-tos. Um, Bennington just picking fights or <laughs> trying to trying to square up with anyone he sees yeah uh what like where do you think he goes i don't know what team i don't know if he has like a no trade or a no move so like i don't know if he has to submit a list or anything but i don't know i haven't heard anything about teams what teams are looking at it or who they're talking to i'm sure they'll hear from a lot um the flames actually people were talking about i think that's the only thing i saw is people asking if the flames would be interested in him and i don't know if that's a terrible idea depending on how much he costs yeah i don't know i don't know who you'd have to that's the thing i don't i haven't read too much on this right so i don't know what like it's pretty recent too so i don't know Mm -hmm. what the the asking price is for him yeah like that's another guy who's lost just a lot of value in the last few seasons just with being hurt and not being able to consistently stay in the top part of the lineup yeah um calgary is an interesting one i think that'd be I agree with you. I don't think that'd be a terrible option for the Flames. Yeah. Um, I These next few I years just, are going to be interesting for the Flames, um, no matter what. So, y- you know. I I think, if I'm being completely honest, if the Flames are smart, you've, you're retooling. Dude, I don't think you go for Tarasenko. Worry about getting good value back for Goudreau and Monaghan and go from there. It's just they have Markstrom, right? And they have him in it. Basically, what he's playing is is in, is in his own prime right now. So mm-hmm. you don't want to waste that because they know the back end of his contract is going to be declining. So Yeah, that's a good it's show, too. kind of too. a weird spot that they put themselves in. You just hope 
Connor Zary falls on your lap and winning his rookie year. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, another is it the the thing that popped into my head immediately was just Washington. One, there's multiple Russian players on there that I don't know. Just I guess friendship wise, yeah. <laughs> that kind of popped into my head, and also follow. Didn't TJ Oshie get traded there? I can't remember if he was free agent or traded, but it'd be like kind of cool the yeah. same kind of trajectory. Yeah, they just passed the next guy on. Who did you? You just mentioned Ryan O'Reilly. That trade, you look at that trade, I think, where he went to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's awful. I know. Sabres, what are you doing? I mean, Ryan O'Reilly, he was a bit of a different guy back then, but <laughs> holy cow! But like, I don't think any. Who did they get back? I think it was like Berglund. Yeah, they who, didn't who, get who, anything back. Berglund had his own demons. He was fighting right, so he didn't play. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That was hoof. That's bad for for them. Uh, last bit of news I had again. It's we just recorded a few days ago, so a lot of it was Stanley Cup heavy, right? Not a lot of news going on. Um, I believe buyouts start tomorrow. There's like a buyout period tomorrow for teams. I, I don't think, I know the Hawks aren't buying anyone out. I don't know if uh, maybe the Canucks buy out someone. Um, but the last thing, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, some very sad news coming out of there this week. Goaltender, and I apologize because I will mess this name up. M- Matisse Kivlenix? It's something Kivlenix. Like um, I apologize again for, for not getting the name correct passed away at the young age of 24 and from what you've read on what i've read online and seen and heard in interviews this guy just seemed like everybody's favorite person yeah and like what a tragic situation too around the whole thing it's just you never expect something it's it when i first heard it i didn't believe it and then i read it when more reports came out and it sounded like final destination it mm-hmm. just didn't it seem real at all he was the goalie that beat canada for latvia um yeah first ever in the nation's history and yeah it's just he had a bright career ahead of him so it's really really sad well yeah it sounded like it was sounding like columbus was going to move on from one of corpus Allo or Mers lincoln's and he was going to move into that number two spot yeah. which is so unfortunate man it kid's career was it sounded like was about to take off right and it let's look out look at it outside of hockey i mean he's a tw- a 24 year old kid right he had so much life left to live so um condolences to to his family and friends and teammates and all those that knew him cuz it it seemed like he was an uh, awesome guy that everyone loved yeah did you have uh, anything before we close off here riley actually this i did want to random thursday video, episode did you see the video of gallagher getting home after the cup didn't he get his house broken into or something someone robbed his house while he was out losing the stanley cup final so when he got home he had to deal with that he couldn't just sit down and be like damn i just lost like something i've been working on for forever he had to deal with someone breaking into his house ah man yeah i it was like a tiktok wasn't it yeah he posted a tiktok (laughs) oh the world eating a sandwich dude Well, oh man. Well, that's going to be tough to recover with that 5.6 million that's going to come into his pocket this year. <laughs> uh, it still sucked. I shouldn't yes. poke fun at the guy, but I. Um, he was poking fun at himself eating a sandwich, making a TikTok about it. So yeah, I mean, 
And I mean, it's tough coming off losing a cup. That was probably the worst. I wonder if that was like part of the riots or like the, yeah. the celebration. After he Montreal just broke into his house. Maybe they were just going there to party with him. They're like, F- yeah, Gallagher. And then just <laughs> he wasn't there. So they just raided everything. Yeah. That Anything else you, you got for before we sign off? No, no, I do not. There's a lot of stuff going to be. I think stuff's really going to pick up in the yeah, next week. We're actually going to have stuff to talk about. It'll be great. I, I think uh, teams are submitting their like protected lists pretty soon for the oh, expansion yeah. draft. Um, God, there's an expansion draft yet coming. It's going to be a busy off season. It it really doesn't even feel like we're getting a break. No. Nope. So uh, that's it for episode number ten. Double digits. We actually made it this far, <laughs> and uh, we're kicking it. So thank you to those who listened. Hope you guys enjoyed and uh, enjoy your weekend, everybody. Thank you guys. Peace out.